here sponsored by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls, just a great podcast app for everyone. Get Get it it for for free free on the the App Store. (laughs) We're professionals. We... For gods. <laughs> Do you feel that energy in the air? I feel kind of like a sexy energy in the air. Do you want to know why? Why? It's Pride Month, baby! Oh, <laughs> oh yes! <laughs> it's Pride Month. We're Wisteria Gays. You're legally obligated to tell everyone to listen to our podcast because we are gay. And if you don't, you're a fucking homophobe. You're a homophobe if you don't tell people to listen to our podcast because it's Pride Month and we're allowed to say that because we're gay. We're gay and we're proud. We're proud, baby. <laughs> I'm so proud to talk about Desperate Housewives with you one episode at a time here on our podcast called Wisteria Gaze. Oh, me too. I'm so proud that I'm leaking. Oh, I'm so proud. <laughs> I'm so proud that my name is Mackenzie. And my name is Ned. And I'm so proud to be talking about the show with you and being in love with you and being gay. Oh my God, me too. I think that's our best cold open yet. So do I. I am sweating from it. <laughs> I really am leaking. I like doing the immediate feedback. I love the <laughs> leakage that's happening. I'm loving this, and I'm loving you, audience. Welcome to this podcast episode. I'm feeling wild today. I'm feeling wet. I'm feeling wild. The, 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 uh, I'm at my strongest here uh, during Pride Month. I feel like my energy uh, reaches its peak. I can't even put my arms down. I'm oh, so you ripped look like this SpongeBob month. when he blows his little arms up, mm-hmm. and he, yeah, that's what you look like. Oh hell yes. <laughs> Today, we are talking. We are so fucking close to the end of season two. I'm I, I'm like shaking in my little tiny boots. I'm so fucking pumped to start a new season. <laughs> Me too. But we are still in season two. It's ramping up. We're getting good, but also offensive. It's a lot going on. And we're going to yes. talk about season two, episode 21, called I Know Things Now. This episode premiered May 7th, 2006, and was written by Kevin Edden and Bruce Zimmerman, and directed by Wendy Stanzler, all people we've seen before, working on Desperate Housewives. For hashtag Sondheim Watch, I Know Things Now is from the Sondheim musical Into the Woods, sung by Little Red Riding Hood. I actually know this song. Most songs oh. I don't know, <laughs> but I do know <laughs> this one. And Wisteria International, in Italy, this was called Now I Know. In Germany, Hungary, and Poland, it was called Revenge. Oh. And in France, it was called The Urge to Know. <laughs> okay. And I have a bit of a fun fact for you here at the top of the episode. The very top? The very top. Okay. We often talk about the awards this show gets nominated for, but I think it's important to talk about another honor this show was given, specifically for this episode. Can I guess? Sure. A- Teen Choice Award. No. Okay. <laughs> a Kids <laughs> Choice Award. No. Oh, okay. A Toddler Choice Award. <laughs> a, ba- a Babies R Us. A Babies R Us Choice Award. Uh, after this episode aired, the Parents Television Council, which is a Christian conservative, no. quote unquote, <laughs> responsible entertainment advocacy organization, 
um, specifically talked about this episode, I Know Things Now, and named it the worst TV show of the week, the week it aired. Oh, my God. Um, the writer Joshua Sherlin said that the reason why this episode was the worst television show of the week in terms of its responsible entertainment advocacy was that it featured adultery, nudity, teen sex. It trivializes adultery, virginity, sexual addictions, and teen sexual intercounters. Can I say something? Intercounters, encounters. Yes, you can. I agree. <laughs> this is the one. This goes against all of my morals. Oh my gosh, I'm excited to talk about it mm-hmm. then. I really, to, to, to see how you feel about uh, teen sex, <laughs> I guess. I, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw <laughs> up. I just thought it was very funny that this specifically uh, Desperate Housewives got called out by the Christians. I kind of love that that's so wild isn't that wild but that is all i got for the top of the episode can i ask you a question ask me every question you've ever wanted to ask um are you ready to dive in i am i'm wearing my um full pearled suit you know like in the producers 2005 film when the girls dance with the full pearl that's what i'm gonna swim in today oh it pinches everywhere i'm wearing the tightest tiniest little speedo Uh, you're around around where the seams are Mm -hmm. you're like blue and purple yeah i can't really feel anything that's how tight it is are you okay we'll see <laughs> you look like violet beauregard from willy wonka that's always been my dream i'm really ramping up my my movie references today <laughs> it's because we're feral we're feeling wild you know what else is wild this opening andrew's hair in season one on the <laughs> previously on yes and that's and yes this opening <laughs> we open on oliver oliver the most successful pi in westview Right? That's yeah. what they say, Westview? No, Fairview. Oh, I misheard. His name is Weston, Oliver Weston. So Oliver- maybe it mixed together. It mixed together in my brain. It made a fun little cocktail. <laughs> Slurp. <laughs> he doesn't believe in love Who anymore. Does? Whoa. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty hard. I do. Oh, you do believe in love. I do. I was just making a joke. <laughs> I... I, I <laughs> I like to do a comedy sometimes. Oh, fuck. I forgot this is a comedy podcast. <laughs> but Oliver hasn't believed in love in a very long time. His job kind of smushed any uh, feelings of feelings hope. Of hope, yes. We see a little bit of a montage of people he's caught cheating. And honestly, the third one, if, if, if someone wants to have a threesome, I don't think, I think if everyone's in on it, that's not that bad. I was, I was thinking that. But then I was like, the connotation might be she's cheating on her partner with this couple. Yeah, probably. Then that's correct. Don't cheat. Yes. But if you want to have a threesome, responsibly do so. Yeah. The more you know, that's (laughs) a message from Wisteria Gaze. (laughs) Have threesomes responsibly. And then we cut to current day. He is in Mike's bushes. We find out it's Mike's bushes pretty shortly. But he's in the bushes watching Susan and Carl kind of bickering in her garage. And Carl's like trying to make the moves on her. And she's like, please leave me alone. And I'm very surprised and shocked that he can tell. I don't know how long he's been trailing Susan. Yes, maybe a week or so. Okay, because I was like, if it's just if you can tell just from them bickering like that that they hooked up that's wild well he did record we hear what they said later yes where he did work in the conversation spoiler alert for later in the episode 
um, because I think he's recording the conversation he's mm-hmm. listening in on. Carl does say the sex we had last week. <laughs> so that's another reason why he probably knows. But I kind of love the shot of through the camera lens. We see them fighting, but then Mike's face kind of enters into the camera lens. And he's like, I what are you doing that. in my yard, man? Yeah, I loved that. It's been so long since we've seen Mike, I feel like. Mike in a in a meaningful way. We've gotten like one or two scenes with him, but he he's in this episode a little bit more and yeah. I'm so thankful for that. Me too. I feel like the last time we saw him in a big way was maybe with Dr. Ron. Yeah. Which, which Susan brings up later. Like I feel like that's the last time I felt like we really got to hear Mike talk. And I have something I have to say. Okay. Throughout this episode. I think this is the hottest Mike's ever looked. Oh. I think he looked really good in this episode. He did look really good. Like that blue shirt. His hair looked nice. His hair looks nice. He's nice and tan. He's looking a little more fit. Like Mm -hmm. he, this is the hottest I think Mike's ever looked. I agree. I just wanted to throw that out there. Hot Mike, put him in his own little bucket. He's in his own little bucket. (laughs) He's in the hot Mike bucket. (laughs) Hot boy of the episode. Hot boy of the episode. (laughs) It was Scruffy Tom. Sometimes it's Carl when I feel like I hate myself. And yeah. now it's Mike. <laughs> and now we feel better. We feel better. Oliver starts spewing garbage. I'll Fucking say it. Fucking garbage garbo. Just out garbage mouth. starts spilling all out of his mouth. And Bing. it's just hot and stinky. <laughs> and Mike can't take it. Well, because he's being horrific about Susan. Yes. I mean, he doesn't see that clearly Mike has some sort of attachment to Susan, which Mary Alice brings up. Yes, because he doesn't believe in love. He can't tell that Mike is still clearly in love with Susan. Baby, they're in love with each other. I'm a moose and Stan, I think. (laughs) So am I. I think I'm 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 ready for Moosin to get back together. I've been a moose and Stan since day one. You have and I I I won't take that away from you. And you've (laughs) been there all along. Uh, <laughs> I and I've said it before on my first watch of the show I was not a Mike and Susan person but this time I give a lot of shits about them mm-hmm. I give so many shits and I want them to be together we'll get into it later but yeah he just kind of starts saying really gross things about Susan about sleeping around and she knows her way around a mattress just really really gross things to say so Mike punches his fucking lights out yeah thank god thank god we love it. We love to see it. And then we get the opening credit. The little bop. <laughs> yeah, the little, the, the mini crunch. The mini crunch. And we come back to another Mary Alice monologue talking about how everybody has something that they don't want seen by mm-hmm. anybody else. And they mask it. They hide the ugly truths. We go to like Betty thinking about killing Caleb again. It seems like she's making some little mixture yeah, of she's- ice cream and the is it, I don't even know what that is. Is it just a drug? Or I, I don't. Poison? Or? Yeah, I don't remember what it is exactly. She said in the last episode, but I did not write it down. Yeah, I don't know either. I just know it'll make him fall asleep and not wake up, mm-hmm. which feels like weird that it's in a bottle that looks like cough syrup. Yeah. <laughs> For something that palpable to kill someone with. Uh, feels weird that you could maybe mix it up with your uh, with your little children's cough and cold. Yeah. And Matthew comes in and kind of inquires, what are you doing? And she says she's going to take Caleb to the lake with all of his favorite foods. And she's going to be the only one coming back. It, that, I, I'm, it made me sad. Yeah. Alfre Woodard is giving me a performance. She's giving me a performance. I've said it a million times before, but I love the way she doesn't blink. (laughs) (laughs) She has no eyelids. <laughs> I yes, I I do love that she doesn't blink. But she, I don't know. I just 
like this storyline is strange yeah to me i'm gonna i'm gonna do a little preface a little bit just because it came up in our community discord which can be joined Mm -hmm. that i thought was interesting and i didn't know this so a little bit of a spoiler for later seasons but not plot spoiler casting spoiler so skip this like 30 seconds if you don't want to know that I think you're aware Vanessa Williams eventually comes on the show. Yes. And she, as a black woman, was very outspoken about how she felt that the Apple White storyline was really mishandled of the yeah. way that they portrayed uh, the only black family on the lane. And so I did not know that. And I thought it was a really interesting view and a very important opinion to have because, yeah, they they are. It just feels weird that like the only black family we find are rapists and murderers and you know it it just feels it sucks that like and i know that it it feels like everybody else on the lane also kind of has their things especially the vandicamps they're killing people every other week but it just feels a little bit more out of place because they're the only black family in the entire show and you know so it it just that's i was kind of looking at this episode with that lens and just being like wow i really do wish that they gave this family more heart more interest and i do think that alfrey woodard is fucking pulling the all the heart she can out of this performance and that's why i really love betty mm-hmm. even though i feel like i wish that this family and storyline had been handled better yeah and i know that's kind of a tangent but i was just thinking about that this whole episode because i didn't realize that that was a a thing that happened with the vanessa williams and the spoiler is that she will later come into the show in later seasons which uh she's a great character i'm, I'm excited to see her i'm glad that she like spoke out yeah I, alfrey woodard is killing it and matthew clearly feels bad mm. about this because he knows he lied but he doesn't feel bad enough to, to say, say anything. anything i don't like matthew no me neither matthew can fuck right off i gave you my prediction about matthew <laughs> i know i know and that's essentially what we get from that scene. Yes. Uh, we also find out that Betty will anonymously call the police once everything goes down. Yes. So then we cut to the Solis household. There's a bunch of food because everybody from church sent some stuff over, mm-hmm. which is a nice gesture. Yeah. And all the women are there, which I also genuinely enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like all of the, I just love the scenes where all the women get to interact with each other. Me too. And... Zhao Mei seems pretty upset throughout this whole scene. And we find out that she's being deported. And this is not the first she has gotten a notice from ICE. Yes, she has like a stack of letters. She's been ignoring them for quite some time. And she's really worried about Mm -hmm. being deported. And she doesn't know what to do because we... They have not really given... Speaking of racism on the show, they have not really given Zhao Mei a proper characterization outside of racial stereotypes yes this episode made me very uncomfortable with how they treated jamay but we have gotten some sort of impression of what her life in china may have been like Mm -hmm. um and she clearly doesn't want to go back to that so like we haven't really gotten to actually properly get to know this character but we're getting these vague ideas of what her home life was like yeah you know i feel bad for her i don't want her to go but also i don't think she's necessarily being um respected in this house no she is definitely not being respected it's it's that weird racist trope mm-hmm. of being like America is better than the place where yeah. I'm actually from. Yes. It's it's all bad. It's all bad. And that's essentially that scene for now. Yes. Because then we cut to the Scavo household. Lynette is like piling mac and cheese. It was one of the casseroles that Gabby made her. She was like, she was like, yeah, yeah everybody take some stuff home because I'm not going to eat all this. And Lynette's like, cholesterol be damned. You deserve some comfort food tonight, Tom, <laughs> for no reason at all. <laughs> but he immediately clocks 
what is wrong i really like that because he knows his wife he could be like i i know you this is weird what is going on and she tells him Mm -hmm. which is something i i i admire about lynette is that she is just very upfront with him from the get-go she tells him that ed uh is looking to fire him because he told his wife that he sent the messages and not Lynette. As you just said, I, I really loved their honesty in this scene. I really liked that. He seemed to already know about the IMs because he was like, oh, yeah, because he sent his wife those messages. Yeah. I, I liked that, like, they clearly communicate. When they let Tom and Lynette be honest and good for each other, I enjoy it. I don't know. I just I feel like uh, we haven't gotten to see them as a couple they've been like co-workers for mm-hmm. a bit and i just i like seeing them in a more comfortable honest place as a couple as do i i because I, I enjoy them as a couple it's a nice like refresher from what we normally get yeah and i know because it's a drama it's not gonna stay yeah like this <laughs> but it's really nice when we do get to see it and lynette shows tom that she is unequivocally on his side and Mm -hmm. wants to help him deal with ed and deal with this yeah and he is pretty upset when Mm -hmm. he finds out this is going on because he's mad he's expendable yeah you know and to be fair lynette is an executive so she (laughs) is not quite as expendable as tom is uh but like that sucks as like an unemployed person yeah it, it sucks to just like have a job in your grasp and then lose it. And I know Tom hasn't lost his job at this point in the episode. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but um, it just it's it, it sucks really bad. <laughs> yeah, it shows how like little your employers care about you. That you if you are someone who feels expendable, like the world, the company can go on without you there Mm. it it sucks to feel that way it sucks to feel useless in your own job you know tom already deals with a lot of um inadequacy feelings Mm. when it comes to lynette so i'm sure this is just baked into that kind of him feeling inadequate compared to his wife Mm -hmm. then we jump over to the vandekamp household uh Bree is inviting Peter over for dinner and tells Andrew, feel free to invite Justin. P-flag mom. And Danielle is there. I got her name right. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) And she wants to invite Matthew, but Bree says no. And that's that scene. That's a, it's a very quick, short scene. Yeah, there's like a little bit at the end where Andrew uh, kind of agrees with Bree. Mm-hmm. And Danielle is like, what the fuck is oh, up with yeah. you, dude? And he's like, me and mommy are in a really good place. So <laughs> just respect me, please, because me and mommy are best friends now. And Danielle's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Do you smell that? <laughs> oh, my God. I smell bullshit. <laughs> I honestly would love Danielle more <laughs> if she had more of that personality type. Yeah. Be like, oh, wow, a fucking bullshit artist? <laughs> Look at this beautiful bullshit painting you're making me in this bullshit sculpture. She'd be funny. and She'd, she'd be fun if she was oh, like that. Let Danielle but be fun. she's just like creepy and <laughs> wild. I'll say it. She's creepy. Okay. The later scene is creepy. All of her is creepy. <laughs> <laughs> she is kind of creepy. <laughs> Or do, you, are you, do you remember her in her 40 year old like her fucking smoker suit. like bathing suit hello matthew <laughs> fancy running into you here do you want a lime diet coke <laughs> it'll turn you gay <laughs> brie drinks a lime diet coke she's gay oh thank god <laughs> 
Danielle is, is creepo. Creepo number one for sure. Uh, creep of the episode. Chuck her in the bucket. So we got hot boy of the episode is Mike. <laughs> creep of the creep episode is Danielle. <laughs> You're losing your mind. <laughs> so funny to me and i don't know why you're making me laugh you're so funny to me and you make me laugh <laughs> creep of the episode we got all these different buckets but <laughs> <laughs> i have to pull myself together because we cut to hot mike we cut to hot mike summer hot mike summer <laughs> He's answering the phone. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull together. He's answering the door for Susan. That was more than the Susan flying through the wall of Valentine's. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I can't believe we've topped that <laughs> in terms of me losing my mind. Susan's knocking on Hot Mike Summer's door. He answers it and invites her in and introduces her to Oliver. <laughs> You're still laughing. I'm still laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, audience. Basically, this scene is it was pretty funny because Susan's like uh, Carl was just being funny and then he plays the audio that's like Susan that dirty kinky kinky dirty nasty sex wet we had last week was fucking amazing and Susan's like um can't talk my way out of that so I'm sorry and Mike is really disappointed in her yeah for jumping back into bed with Carl he he's she tries to explain herself saying that he lied to me but Mike says he doesn't care yeah I think I mean it's because Mike's still in love with her right and the idea of her with another man especially a man like Carl I think just hurts him yeah and so I understand Mike's disappointment but I also wish he would listen to her because I'm not happy with the fact that she slept with Carl, but she was actively lied to. Yes. She thought they were broken up. She thought, you know, he's single again. Let me give this a chance. Uh, she was lied to by him. Like, I, I, I do feel bad for her in that sense. So I, I do wish that he would have listened a little bit. Yeah. And Oliver starts to leave. Susan follows, mm-hmm. begging him uh, to, like, let her pay him to keep him quiet. Mm-hmm. She'll pay anything. She'll pay double. And he says, okay. You want to pay double? Give me 4K. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) But Susan's broke. She's broke as fuck, but she says she will try her very best, though we find out pretty much in her next scene that she won't do that. No. This was a little messy. This this storyline was a little messy for me, and I'll talk about it more with that letter plot point. But... She he basically gives her till the end of the weekend to scrape the cash together mm-hmm. in this scene. And she's yes. like, Great. And we see that Mike sees this yeah. interaction. And then we cut to Jerry. Jerry I, Do you know this actor's real name? I don't. I just know he's Jerry on Parks and Rec. Oh, right? You should have looked it up because wait, Jerry Parks <laughs> and Rec. I'm so sorry to this actor. actor. Sorry to this man. I do not know who this man is. Jim O'Hare. Jim O'Hare icon. Um, I have a fun fact about Jim O'Hare. What is the fun fact about Jim O'Hare? So I was in a web series. Okay. Um, it's called Behind the Red Curtain. It's on YouTube if anyone wants to watch it. I will watch it every night now. He's in an episode. <gasps> That's cool. Because uh, my friend who made the web series made a different web series in college and like physically met him. Whoa. And they've kept in touch. So he makes like a little cameo on like a computer. That's so fun. Yeah. Once again, we are a degree away from everyone as housewives because earlier it was from Hannah Montana, I think, baby with Rachel. Mm -hmm. And now it's you with Jim O'Hare. We're a degree away from everybody in Desperate Housewives. (sighs) Thank God. But yeah, it's Jerry. Uh, He works for ICE. (laughs) He works for ICE. (laughs) Fuck ICE. Fuck them. This scene is 
weird. Yeah. He basically tells the Solises that Jaume missed appe- all of her appeal deadlines. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, and obviously I'm not placing any blame on her, but the letters that she was getting were were probably giving her opportunities to appeal to stay in the country. Uh, by ignoring them, she missed all of the deadlines and they can't give her any more extensions because they are a evil evil monstrous mm-hmm. group of people yes but and then gabby and carlos just want to take jamais body autonomy just without asking her yeah they want to use her as a surrogate a fun little sexy don't let her have any opinion about her own body jesus that is disgusting they just got to make that decision in the room without consulting her because then we immediately cut right to them yes. to asking her about it we immediately cut yeah to them asking her to be a, a surrogate and she doesn't quite understand so they do a really weird bad slow talk slow thing. talk um analogy and when she does understand she freaks the fuck out yeah she's like no i don't want to do that and they're like well you have to you have to jaume gross didn't he say there was like he literally was like she could get married we already did this with susan find a, yeah. just a, find a fucking gay person to marry yes. <laughs> like we could find jaume a, a, a husband mm-hmm. like there's other ways to fake a green card yeah haven't they seen every movie ever made <sighs> come on the proposal the proposal great movie <laughs> betty white betty white in that movie is so good <laughs> sandra bullock uh I love a Sandra Bullock. I, I love old Sandy. And then we cut to bruschetta. What? The food. <laughs> the food bruschetta. I'll tell you what I thought you were doing. What? Making a ship name for Peter and Brie. <laughs> that for some reason was bruschetta. <laughs> like Pitta. Like, I was trying to figure out how bruschetta was Peter and Brie's ship name. Yeah. It is it now. Is. It is. It Bruschetta. is now. Yum, yum, yum. Yum, yum. We're at dinner. No, we're not at dinner. <laughs> we're at the phone. We're at the phone. <laughs> but Andrew hears. And he has his little evil brain. His little turning. Imp. He's going to use Peter's addictions against his mother. And then immediately cuts outside. And he's like, Danielle twirling his little mustache <laughs> his little horns growing out of his head mm, i know a way we can get back at mommy <laughs> and that's all we get yeah and then we cut to ed being a huge dick <laughs> uh <laughs> yes he is he's being a dick so tom worked so hard on a presentation ed walks into the room and doesn't want to hear it he's like no no i i don't care give me one line okay i'm gonna take over the case just purposefully fucking with Tom. Just being an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. And then he gets up and says, oh, by the way, everybody, I'm hiring an accountant to look through the work accounts of everybody who works here. Uh, peace. Oh, Tom, by the way, I'm starting with you. Yeah. And Tom <sighs> does look panicked. taken aback and panicked. He looks freaked out. Which got me thinking got you thinking do you have a prediction corner or do you want to save it for later i'm gonna save it for later well we cut first then no prediction corner for now but we cut to lynette and tom uh watching the accountant work mm-hmm. lynette's angry i i love how supportive she's being of tom in this episode and she wants to fight back she's like this is bullshit he's being an asshole he's targeting you but tom is freaking out and just saying like maybe i should just quit maybe i should just leave right now and just give him what he wants and Lynette offers to tell Ed that if Tom gets fired, she's walking. And Tom's, 
I liked him for a little bit, but his fragile masculinity rears its ugly little head once again. But it could also be because of something else that's going on that we can talk about later. Yes. Um, so he goes and he, he talks to Ed and Lynette's watching them for a minute. And then Tom punches Ed so hard you can hear it on the other side of the glass. That's <laughs> crazy yeah because ed was like offering a handshake mm-hmm. i think and then tom just fucking clocked his lights out a lot of a lot of man punches this episode i'm into it i'm honestly into, we need more people getting their asses beating yeah that's pretty awesome a new asshole but in a different way yeah 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 through the thing <laughs> yeah through you- going through the mouth <laughs> rip a new asshole exactly that's how i like my assholes ripped yeah there we go I, I screamed. I was like, holy shit. And, and I think that's all we kind of get in this scene, mm-hmm. right? I think Lynette says, what did you do? And Tom says, gave him probable cause. That got my red flag burst up of like, oh, something is up. Yeah. Eek. Eeky, eeky. And then we cut to Susan, like you said, immediately abandoning the thought of getting the 4K. Yeah, that felt like why was... I mean, I guess it's there for later, right, with Mike. But like, I was like... Wh- did they just not think of any shenanigans she could have done to get money? They just were like, yeah, give it up immediately. Yeah. Maybe they filmed it, but then they went, this sucks. This sucks. Yeah. Let's just have her give up. And uh, but let's keep all the racist shit in. Yeah. I think that's I think really that's working. Primo. <laughs> that's fucking primo. Let's keep that in. She's writing a letter to Edie. So it comes from her, which I understand if yeah. you don't want it coming from a third party. It's better to come from, like, her, I guess. Maybe she's hoping she gets some points if she's not lying. Mm, Anymore. (laughs) Anymore. Why did she physically mail it instead of just walking down the street and putting it in a mailbox? She lives, like, seven houses away from Edie. Maybe it's because she doesn't want to know when Edie gets it. Maybe. Or also, and we haven't talked about this in a while... But it's one of your favorite things where they only do it for the plot convenience. Yes. Because it makes no fucking sense. It doesn't. Other than to have the shenanigans with the mailman later. Yeah. They um, they did do that for plot convenience. <laughs> I changed my mind. Uh, yeah. They, they, they cut all the money bits, but they went, ah, she's got to have one. She's got to have one shenanny. So they wrote it in as they were filming. Yeah. That's probably what <laughs> happened. I just found that very weird that she wouldn't just walk down and give it to I just put it in these mailbox. I just found that to be a, a strange plot hole. Mm-hmm. There's another one later with this bit that I'll bring up that I am sure. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? We'll, we'll talk about it in the later scene with the mailman. I was just like, there's so many plot holes in just this bit that I don't like. <laughs> uh, but for now, we cut to the lake. The murder picnic. Caleb is scarfing down that ice cream. She mixed it. In a big bowl. Yes. And he's eating out of the pint. He she, pu- she was putting it back in the pint. Oh, so he is actively eating the drug stuff right now? I'm pretty sure. Shit. I didn't, I didn't, I could not tell. I thought he, maybe she was like, I'll give him some non-drugged ice cream, then switch it out for the drugged ice cream <laughs> in the giant bowl. I thought that, um, because how the scene plays out, I thought that maybe like Matthew switched the ice cream or something, but we I didn't see know. that because as Caleb is eating this ice cream, he outs Matt, Maddie's trout, and he yeah. tells Betty that Matthew told him that Danielle wanted a kiss. He lays it all out because he doesn't understand that it was him being screwed over by his own brother. And then Betty goes, 
Caleb, put that down. We have to go to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, get your stomach pumped. <laughs> I'm going to pump your stomach. <laughs> I I loved this. I thought yeah. it was very interesting. I obviously did not want her to kill her son. We love to see it. Yes. We love to see him live. We love to see it. And we love steaks. Yes. We love the steaks of Matthew now having the crosshairs of Betty Applewhite on him. Yes. I'm into it. And then we cut to... Gabby and Jamay. Oh, God. And another gross scene. <laughs> yes. Gabby brings Jamay some hot cocoa. Oh. And Jamay is very worried again in this scene. But for some different reasons, not only is she worried about being a surrogate, but she says that she's a virgin and mm-hmm. she's afraid that her vagina is going to get wrecked in the process yeah. of giving birth and that uh no man will want her yeah which i feel like is a common um trope mm-hmm. in media no i agree i think the in tv shows and movies and we see a little and bit at the end of this episode how it's like oh a man just salvates for a virgin yeah. untouched you know whatever and it's just like it's gross one mm. and you know th- i'm not gonna blame jamay because that might be all she knows or yeah. has been aware of um but it's i don't know it's it still sucks that it was th- it, it, it feels gross it just feels grody it does and what that says about like culture in itself because yes. i also feel like some people actually think that way as well yeah genuinely yeah. um because i yeah, like I've met people who uh, I've had some unsavory jobs <laughs> and some of the people who I've worked with have been as well unsavory people. <laughs> and so like I've met people who think that way. Yeah. It's mostly with women. As oh, absolutely. Well. It doesn't matter. For it men. doesn't matter. Because like men. Yeah. Men are men are just players. You know, they yeah, just go we're talking about cis, uh, cisgendered yes. men and cisgendered women, because I think with 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 cis women especially the idea of being like entered or whatever mm-hmm. makes it sexually makes you impure and unwanted in the eyes of god and it just and feels people will know and then like honestly we can trace that all the way back to like fucking like colonialism in china yeah. and the spread of christianity and that's probably how she got these points of view in the first place and we can get wild with this <laughs> but it's 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 gross the thing is, I don't disagree with Gabby about how, like, virginity should not be um, mm-hmm. a thing that you're that worried about. That, like, but I don't agree that of, with how she's using that and being yeah. like, well, men want a woman that knows how to fuck. That's, yeah. that's, that's what men want. It's like, no, just be a person. Do what you want. Consent to things that happen and just live your life. But don't, like, actively try to go one way or the other i don't know i don't know what i'm saying it just feels weird no yeah and it is it is weird and it's a bad scene it's a bad scene yeah but i guess we get the impression that based on the next scene that she has convinced jame to be the surrogate yeah but then we clearly see in the next scene not the direct next scene but the the next scene with them that there was a miscommunication there yes but we'll get into that later for now we go to lynette she bursts into Ed's office and starts ripping him a new asshole. Ripping a new asshole. Which I loved. She just, she does. She starts going off. Ed reveals that the forensic accountant found that on uh, Tom's account, there was, on the past three trips he's taken for work, there has been some side purchases in Atlantic City. 
detours. Yeah, some detours. There's hotels, there is restaurants, and then there are two tickets to a show. And flowers. And flowers. (gasps) He did something. He did something. I mean... There's clearly a heavy implication that he is having an affair. Mm. How is he meeting someone in Atlantic City to have an affair with? I don't know if it's an affair. I feel like that's too simple. I feel like that's the implication that we're getting, though, right? I think that's where Lynette's brain is going right now. I think that's what the show wants us to think. Ooh. Do you have a prediction? It's not an affair. It's going to be like, I... uh, it's my mom or like <laughs> I have a long lost sister. Some something dumb. Something dumb. <laughs> yeah, and that kind of instills some fear in Lynette. Yeah. I mean I obviously I want everyone to be happy, but also in terms of the various plot points we have going on right now, I don't hate this one. No. I think it's kind of interesting. It's a nice spice. It's a spice it's a little spicy. I actually think it's very interesting. Yeah. I'm not as um upset about it. <laughs> Mostly because it's not offensive to anyone. Yeah. That's why I, I enjoy it. And that's what we get from there. And yes. then we cut to <laughs> dinner finally. I'm stressed. Danielle comes out. <laughs> She's forty years old once again. That's what I wrote. That's what I wrote. Is <laughs> the, the horny poolside mom energy. In she, this, uh, I'm gonna say it. Ugly fucking dress. Yeah, it's not a cute dress. And they're like playing it like it's the sexiest dress yeah. that's ever existed. <laughs> oh, Danielle, why are you wearing that to, to dinner? Yeah, like they're making it seem like I, I don't even. I don't. I, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. The the writing does not match what I am visually seeing. No. And that's not to say that she's like unattractive. She's like a perfectly fine looking yeah. girl. But it's not like it's just it's not like va va voom. There's like not a lot. Going on with this frilly kind of ugly clunky 2007 dress yeah i will say because i think earlier when andrew tells danielle he has a way to get back at mom he calls it a funny way and i was like ah yes the funny way of seducing your mom's boyfriend (laughs) a funny little hand job at dinner yeah because throughout the dinner danielle like puts her hand on like his 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 thigh and then like moves it up and like peter freaks out peter freaks i out. know that's jumping ahead a little bit but there's not really a lot going on in no, this dinner besides that it's mostly andrew kind of using a certain language to clearly egg peter on i, I don't was, oh what's up? oh i was surprised peter let her put like her hand on his thigh yeah i feel like why couldn't he have been like oh excuse me what's going on yeah. like I, I feel like Brie has shown in the past that she will take her partner's side over her children. Yeah. Which isn't always great. But in this case, I feel like he would have been in his complete right to say, like, I'm uncomfortable with this. Mm -hmm. But also, I don't love that Peter seems tempted by Danielle. Yes. That made me feel bad and gross because she's a teenager. I I hated that. do not understand the writers on this show with teenagers and sex. Like, they always put like adults with teens and that's so fucking weird yeah like i didn't because i think i'm getting the impression that andrew is sev- about to be 18 right because that was the I whole thing so. with like his, he's about to go to college he has he's like very close to getting his money or whatever like i get the impression that he's almost 18 but i think that danielle's his younger sister so like the imp- the implication is danielle's what i'm gonna guess 16 right yeah. just based on how she looks that's it just made me feel gross that peter clearly was like into her I just, I didn't, nah, it made me not like Peter. And I, and it's, I, I don't think it's the character's fault. I think it's just the writers are gross. And yeah. I, I just, I, I don't, I didn't like that, but also I don't like that 
Andrew and Danielle are doing this. Mm -hmm. They're exploiting his urges and his uh, his struggles to be gross to him. Yes. And make him gross in return. And Peter leaves. Yeah. Was she just going to give him a handjob at the dinner table? I don't know. I think she was going to, like, do as much as, like, he was going to let her. That's so fucking weird. Yes. But then it's like we get in a... We'll talk about it in a later scene. Mm -hmm. Uh, For now, we go to Tom and Lynette. Tom is picking up some stuff he left at the office. Yes. And Lynette tries to kind of slip in. Like, what's going on? Is there anything you want to tell me about that happened? You good. And Lynette, or not Lynette, Tom says no. And that only rises her suspicions more. Yeah. She already has the evidence that something's happening. Yes. Tom, because he really thinks, I think he genuinely thinks that by punching Ed and getting fired, that Ed would have stopped the the accountant stuff as if Lynette and Ed would not have a conversation about that yeah I mean I guess he genuinely thought that maybe if he gets fired before the accountant can finish that Ed would just be like I got what I wanted I fired him that's true so uh you can go ahead and stop because I think he in his brain and I maybe agree with this that the accountant was just a method to try to get rid of Tom Mm -hmm. so maybe he just assumed if I give him another reason to get rid of me he'll stop the accounting but I think at this point Ed's main purpose was to not only get Tom fired but to fuck with Lynette a little bit because Mm -hmm. she is just she's pushing back she's pushing back and he does not like that Mm -mm. uh, because he's not a good boss (laughs) no and but I did love the tension in that scene of him like going to the elevator and it closing and them having that like kind of loaded eye contact yeah I love that you've never you know dealt with things with violence before and he's like well I still have some surprises don't I it was just who is it it was a very good scene I'm very excited about this storyline only because it feels juicy in a in a fun way Mm -hmm. it feels like the build of this feels nice I'm I'm very interested in the storyline yeah and then we go to the Apple White household. Cool. Betty tells Matthew that it's been done and they should start cleaning up the basement. Something in the basement. Yeah. She was like, we got to get rid of everything so that they yeah. can sell the house. Right? Yes. And so she follows Matthew down and then locks him in what used to be Caleb's room. Mm-hmm. What is she going to do to him? I have no idea, but she just leaves him there. And then we go outside of the house and we see that Caleb is alive and well in the car. Yes. And that's that. Yes. Because then we go back to the Solis household. This whole episode with them. Every time I saw them, I was I was dreading yes, whatever I, was going to happen to me. My body just tensed <laughs> up. They're getting ready to go to the clinic so that Jamais can get inseminated. Mm-hmm. And we find out that there has been a little bit of a miscommunication. Carlos mm-hmm. is putting on his tie. And Jamais is like, I'm ready to make a baby. And derobes and is fully naked. And just gets in bed and is like, be gentle with me. Let's yeah. do this. And, uh, you know, Carlos just stares at her naked body instead of correcting her. It's like the it's like the Tom with the nanny. Yes. It, even more so because, yes. spoiler alert for later, like he... Does he says he doesn't need porn because he has something to think about? He has something and to it, think the about. The camera lingers on Xiaomi, and that is disgusting. Yeah, it's gross. It's gross. It's grody gross gross. Because Gabby walks in on this mm-hmm. and is like, um, "Were you gonna, were you gonna say anything to her? Or we good?" Yeah, they, they kind of played off as comedic in this scene, but yeah, clearly Xiaomi was not communicated to effectively about what 
the insemination process was going to be. She assumed she would be physically making a child with Carlos. Yeah. And that's that. We then cut to Andrew and Danielle. Wearing a Fairview Hornets shirt, baby. Which we have in our store. We have in our merch store. If you want a Fairview Hornets shirt of your own, be Hell like yeah. Andrew when you're scheming to 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 fuck your mom's boyfriend. Well, at first, oh, yeah. he tries to convince Danielle to fuck Peter. That's weird. He's like, you got to take it to the next level. You got to do it. Get your bras and panties right now. Danielle. Yeah. Danielle's like, uh, I was just fucking with him at dinner. I got what I wanted. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, good for Danielle. Yeah. Draw that boundary, girl. Yeah. I. I. Can I tell you something? Tell me, Ned. Tell me I wanted up. to scream because I remembered when this scene was happening, when like Peter was first introduced, and we were like, I was like bisexual King Peter, and you were like, well, and I was like, oh no, I didn't mean to spoil it for you. Oh no, because what happens is Andrew goes inside and he starts talking to Peter. Mm-hmm. And he's like, listen, I know about your sex addiction. Like, I know that's a thing. And Peter starts talking about like, listen, I didn't like who I was when I was sleeping with the people that I was sleeping with. And Andrew goes, wait, people? Usually people say like girls and women. stuff. Women. Uh, you didn't just sleep with women? People who need people are the luckiest people. Barbara, Barbara Streisand reference. Oh. Um, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of The Nanny lately. <laughs> and we oh. see, the, we end the scene with Andrew getting a little impish smile on. And I guess you, one could probably assume what will happen next. If you listen uh, to that scene, mm-hmm. if you turn it up all the way, you can hear me screaming in the background. <laughs> As they were filming it in 2006, you were, yeah. all, you were screaming about it already. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> what a great Easter egg. Uh, and then we cut to finding out Mike paid off the PI. Yes. That's so sweet. He's such a stand-up guy. And he says, you know, I don't want anyone to get hurt. And if people found out, it would just hurt a lot of people. And I think it, I think the lane would be better off if, if it was just buried. And then Susan goes, <gasps> I sent the letter. <laughs> This is where I was starting to think, like, why did you mail it in the fucking first place? Yeah. And it's for this bit. It's for this bit. She invites the mailman over for a little lunch. Yeah, and a little bit of tea. Yeah. He needs to use the bathroom, so he goes upstairs. She digs the letter out. She's like, okay, I fucking got it. Why doesn't she throw it away? I don't know. Why doesn't she just immediately throw it away? What, what does she do with it? She puts it in her stack of, of mail. Because then, this is the whole scene, right? The hijinks of the scene is like... Because then when Julie sees it, when she's checking the mail, she goes, oh, this is Edie's. And she puts it back in the mailman's bag. And that's how it gets to Edie. But it's like, why would you do that? Why would you not just throw it away? You're next to a trash can. Rip it up, throw it away. Immediately. Would have been done. Everything would have been fine. I don't understand. That's a plot hole that is confusing to me. Mm -hmm. You could have just also had... Susan, like, running over to Edie's house as soon as the mail get delivered. Grab it. Then they could run into each other. And that could be the bit. Yeah. But I just also, if, if, if this was so convenient for her, she, her plan worked. Why did she not just throw it in the trash? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
It doesn't make a, um, any sense at all. But the bit of the scene is Susan goes up because the mailman's taking pretty taking long. quite long because they were having a nice interaction yeah. and she was like, I just feel like I should get to know you better. And he gets a bit of the wrong impression from he's, that. He's in his underpants. He his thinks, underpants. He thinks she, she wants to fuck. Yeah. And she's like, no, 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 no. Please, please put your clothes back on. Because Julie comes in and she mm-hmm. hears Julie. And she's like, let's reschedule this. And then uh, the funniest line, what about Tuesday? No, Tuesday's the day I become a lesbian. Lesbian the episode, Susan on Tuesday. Yes. That's the only nominee I have. I think I had one more nominee, but we can we can do it. I like lesbian the episode being Susan on Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> the day she becomes a lesbian. The day, yeah, Susan on Tuesday. The day she becomes a lesbian. Isn't it weird that hearing the word lesbian on TV kind of exhilarates me? I love it. I love hearing people say the word lesbian. Because I feel like I never on TV, usually I never hear people say the word lesbian. And so it just kind of gives me a little bit of a thrill. Yeah. An adrenaline rush. Adrenaline rush. Oh, that means on Tuesday I can kiss Susan because she'll be a lesbian now. Oh, fuck yeah. And then we see what I said earlier. Julie... Uh, checks the mail because yes. it's there. Sees Edie's letter and goes, oh, well, since the mailman's here, I'll just put it back in the bag. Mm-hmm. Susan obviously does not realize this happens. No. And then Bree comes home. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Bree comes home uh, because she heard there was an emergency. Yeah. Like, Andrew called her and it sounded very urgent. So she's like, Andrew, where are you? Yeah. And she walks into her own bedroom and Andrew's in her bed. And then Peter walks out in his underwear. And then Gabby Solis is outside the window <laughs> giving two thumbs up. She's, 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 Gabby's holding two thumbs up and she's wearing a shirt that says virginity is a social construct. Yes. And she's just doing a thumbs up. Yeah. I hate this. I don't love this. Mm-hmm. I don't love that Peter sleeps with underage people. I don't love that. And I don't love that. I don't know. I just, I don't love this. Mm. I don't love this. Can I tell you a feral thought? Tell me a feral thought. Gabby wearing the shirt that says virginity is a construct. The back of it says also I should be in jail. (laughs) (laughs) And then she pulls her pants on her panties say, also I have a PhD in gender studies. (laughs) Yes. Gabby gender studies. Gabby gender studies. Yeah. I, dude. And like, it just sucks. It just fucking sucks. The way Brie reacts to isn't with anger or anything. She's just fucking sad. She's just sad because I I think she loves Peter. She, she genuinely cared about him, even though I I also genuinely think their relationship would not have worked out. I agree. But she is in the mindset that she genuinely loved and cared for this man. And she really was convinced that she and Andrew had repaired their relationship. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this just feels like the rug being pulled out from underneath her because she did not see that there was still malice mm-hmm. between them. Yeah. It sucks. I, and obviously we are about to talk about a very hard scene. Yeah. And I don't agree necessarily with what Brie does in this scene, but I also feel so fucking bad for her her yeah. for what happened if we want to dive into the scene we can i know it's a really it's a really rough one yeah i don't remember like the last time i cried like watching an episode of desperate housewives but i definitely cried a little bit during this next scene it's emotional i did yeah i teared up as well because the next scene is like brie telling andrew let's go we have to check out a college today Let's just get it over with because the sooner you're in college, the sooner you're out of my house. She's like desolate. Yeah. 
Like she said it exactly the way I said. <laughs> literally, literally. She's just devoid of energy and mm. hope. She is giving him some money to like get to the next city or whatever. She's like, you can go wherever you want. Yeah. You're not in my house anymore. And like, I'm, I'm not like Andrew did do something very awful, but like I, once again, like when he brings up the minute I told you I was gay, I knew there was a, a time that you would stop loving me. That just hits really hard, it's, especially yeah. like, I don't know. As a queer person. As yeah. a queer person coming from like a home that is not, that is genuinely very homophobic yeah. and very uh, conservative. I think I've talked about this on the show before, but yeah. like that is also a thought that I've had. Like if you ever find out this fact about me, like your love is not conditional for me. Yeah. And Bree says to him, like, you know, I always thought my love was unconditional for you, but after what happened i found out that's not true the sleeping with peter yeah it's just fucking rough it's really it's a really rough scene i love you so much i love you too as well it's it's the acting in the scene was beautiful Mm -hmm. i thought sean pye from plays andrew and marsha cross both like acting wise were were beautiful in the scene it was it's just sad because i don't know I don't I don't want this to be happening for either of them. No. I don't want her to feel so hurt and I do not want her to give up on him and leave him at the side of the road. It just it really it's just all sucks. It's yeah. just very sad, but it's it's and moving. Like, You're right. I teared up as well. Like it's it's yeah. And he knew there was going to be consequences, but like I don't think he knew he, it would he be knew, that. He didn't know it was going to be this. Yeah, it's just it just it made me feel really bad. It just it, I mean, I'm going to start crying right now I know, just because I it's, see you. it's okay. It, it's you just can cry if you need to. It just sucks. It, does. it just sucks having a relationship with your parents that essentially doesn't exist, like not having a relationship with your parents. Yeah. And I know there are other connotations within this scene, no, but yeah. it just sucks. It, it does. <laughs> and I think that this moment especially with the way he says i win i won yeah he's like it's so heartbreaking and that for me like the rug was pulled out from under brie in that other scene right as i Mm -hmm. said i don't think she expected that malice from andrew i don't think he expected brie to give up on him i think he has seen in the past that he can push her and push her he can run a person over and lead Mm -hmm. to someone's death and she is still there next to him I don't think he anticipated this being the straw that broke the camel's back. So in that moment, that is the rug being pulled out from underneath him. Because mm-hmm. I do think when he says I won, it is him trying to convince himself yeah. that this is going to be okay. When he knows he feels abandoned and he was not expecting it to go this far, I don't yeah. think. it's It makes me really sad. Yeah. It's just a know. really hard scene. It's a It's a very hard scene. Thank you for opening up. Yeah. I love you. I love you too. And I, you know, I, I hope that everything ends up, I, 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 this cannot be the end of Andrew. Mm -mm. Like you can't just leave a character and then this be the end of this character. So I hope that we see more of Andrew Vandekamp and I, I I would love to see their relationship repair itself. But then we cut to Edie getting the letter. It's a very quick little scene. Very quick. Susan goes over to Mike's with some pie Mm -hmm. and Edie's outfit. I wrote as Loat. <laughs> That's incredible. I, yeah. I also love Edie's f- this like fur number that's yeah. happening. I, I also very much like that. that. <laughs> we'll chuck her in the bucket even though Susan already won. Yes, but like Susan being gay on Tuesday and Edie in that 
jacket like mm-hmm. i would like to see it I, I i want them to be together on tuesday we had to be together on tuesday and kiss each other please <laughs> Edie just fucking set susan's house on fire arson Edie, i love it arson Edie. <laughs> i mean susan burnt her house down in the pilot episode can i tell you the whole time i was thinking is julie in there i was so panicked about julie I was as well i'm very worried about julie and all of her things Yes. Like, fuck Susan over, fine. But I'm very sad that Julie loses her bedroom. I only care about Queen Julie. Mm-hmm. Same. I love that, though, um, Edie was choosing to spread, like, gasoline with a watering, watering can. can. That was very funny. We go to Susan and Mike. They're having a conversation. And Susan knows that Mike still is kind of <laughs> in love with her. She's like, why else would you punch my boyfriend? And why else would you protect me from Edie? Mm-hmm. You care about Julie. I mean, she's right. She's I, not incorrect. I loved how, like, when they were getting closer and closer, you could see the glow of the <gasps> yes, fire. Yes, 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 yes. Because it's kind of like the fire of their relationship is reigniting Ooh, we as love well as the house burning down. <laughs> like the Some, birth of the relationship and the, the death, death of, of a woman. <laughs> Something has to die for Muzan to rise yes. from the ashes. I love that as well. I also, I also wrote that down for myself because I thought it was very visual storytelling that was fun because we the audience knew Edie was burning down the house yes they did not know and then we the audience see this encroaching lighting and I personally could not focus on what they were saying no because I was like oh my god the house is on fire <laughs> like it was but it was I good. was waiting for them to notice it was good and Mike Susan's leaning in for a kiss Mike is maybe about to say he loves her because Susan your house is, is on, on fire. fire yeah oh yes oh. It was really well done. That was really fun. I agree. They run out and Susan's weeping and it it's uh it's it's sad. It is. That sucks. And Julie is there, so we know that Julie's okay. Yeah, it's kind of fun that it looks like the pilot episode, everyone out there watching the house burn down. I almost wish What's up? and I know you they probably couldn't do this because they have other juicier things planned for the season two finale. Mm-hmm. But it would be a it would be a cool mirror for like the end of season two to mirror the beginning of season one. Yeah, and the final shot we see really um, is Edie looking at the window drinking wine. And yes. I pointed this out to you offline. But if anyone watches Game of Thrones, which I did not, but I did see scenes from it, she looks like that meme of Cersei Lannister drinking the wine after she burned a chapel down. And it just made me laugh very hard, and I will be tweeting it. Yes. Thank God. <laughs> but I don't love that Evie burnt the house down, but uh, she looks fucking hot and iconic. Yes. She looks Another amazing. Low Another low. I just want to kiss Edie, dude. Yeah. God. And then we go into the ending monologue. Mm-hmm. We find out that... When the tr- when truth is ugly, people try to hide it. Yeah. They conceal it. Mm. They obscure it. <laughs> but no matter how ugly the truth is, it always emerges. And someone you care about can always get hurt and other people will reveal their pain. And with that, that's the end of the episode. That was season 2 episode 21. We got three eppies left. Three eppies left. We're ramping. We're ramping. We're getting to the end of season two. We're going to dive on into season three. I'm so excited. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Wisteria Gaze or Instagram at Wisteria Gaze underscore or on our website, WisteriaGaze.com. 
And on that website, you can find a link to our merch page, which is awesome. Yes. As well as a link to our Discord. Come Ooh. hang out with us. It's so fun. We have so much conversation going on right now. It's it's awesome. It's There's a lot of people connecting, yes. wa- making plans to hang out and watch Desperate Housewives together. There's a spoilery uh, season season or series discussion that i'm not allowed in you're not allowed in but it's it's popping off and uh, it's just fun to have a little community so if you want to join yeah. that community it, there's a link on our w- website. website you've got to go to it it's very fun and you can say hi to us yeah and also on our website you can find a link to our patreon our patreon is Woo. so cool and amazing uh thank you everybody who supports our patreon Uh, if you want to support our patreon you can get some really cool things like ad free episodes show notes what else is there Uh, you know an occasional video postcard we're gonna we're cooking up some new fun stuff maybe to offer it's great and it's also i don't know if we mentioned this it's 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 pay what you can yes the minimum is two dollars but you can pay whatever amount you want and you get everything there's no tears there's no nothing you just everyone's juicy Hell yeah. So if you want to check out our Patreon, you can go to our website or patreon.com slash wisteria gaze. And another big perk is you get episode shout outs. Oh, we yes. love saying hi and how much we love our patrons. How come I, how did I almost forget? I don't know. So yeah, let's shout out our patrons. AJ. Annie. Cheryl. Elise. Helena. Liv. Nadia. Sarah. Tom. TK. Vincent. Thank you so much for being our patrons. You guys are amazing and we love you all so much. You mean the world to us. Yes. Other than that, you can find me, Ned, on social media at Ned Jorts or on Twitch at The Pigeon Wizard. You're wearing jorts right now. I really am. You are wearing (laughs) jorts. You can find me, Mackenzie Wilkes, at Mackenzie Wilkes. I'm pretty boring. Reviews are great. They're amazing. They oh. help people find the show. Yes. And they make our day. They do. At the end of every episode, we like to pose a question to you to just get those re- rejuices flowing. The rejuices. I think you did that <laughs> last week, too. God damn it. The rejuices. Those rejuices flowing. Uh, these questions are never mandatory, but they're just for fun. They're fun. We like answering them. We like having fun here. So get used to it. Get used to this fun. This week's question should be... What outfit are you showing up to dinner in to seduce Bree's boyfriend with? Okay. What are you showing up in? I am showing up in a mascot uniform. Okay. But a mascot uniform that is a person. You know how <laughs> some mascots are mostly animals yeah. and um and, and objects, but some of them are like just creepy versions of humans yes that's what i'm wearing okay Hot. so just like i'm like a, i'm just i'm dressed as like a cartoon man and a ball cap that's sexy yeah I, I, thank you i'm wearing toe socks oh i'm wearing an outfit composed of toe socks so it's just like it's a romper together romper of toe socks yeah and that's then amazing. on my feet i'm wearing toe shoes I was really into a girl in high school who wore those. I really wanted toe shoes. I bought them up. because I wanted her to like me. Oh, she was my first kiss. <gasps> you heard it here first, folks. If you want to impress a girl, you wear toe, toe shoes. shoes. <laughs> Any girl. Any girl. Girls in the are world. into toe shoes. Girls love toe shoes. <laughs> I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast. I hope she does. <laughs> Hello. So yeah, when you leave us a review, tell us what you're wearing to seduce Peter. Peter. <laughs> I guess. At yeah. dinner. Other than that, hey Kenzie. Yeah, what's up? I love you. I love you too. I love you so much. I love you an insane amount. And I wild. know we said it in the episode. 
But I genuinely, I am so thankful that I have you in my life, and I love you so much. I love you, and I love you so much. I love you. I love you to the moon and back. I love you every moment of every second of my day. I love you so much. Ugh. I'm so glad to be your friend. You make me cry again. <laughs> I see it. I see you about to cry. Um, and to everyone else out there, <laughs> I'm sorry, you're also a part of this moment. I stay juicy. I guess stay juicy. Whatever. <laughs> we love you. Bye. Bye.